Welcome to Bite-Sized Agency Briefs, a webinar series that packs a ton of important agency information on one topic from one expert into a 25-minute brief. Why 25 minutes? Because who has the attention span for much more these days? And you can squeeze in a listen between meetings with time for a bathroom break or coffee refill before your next meeting. Thanks for tuning in. This is Bite Size Agency Briefs. I'm your host, Steve Guberman from Agency Outsight, where I coach agency owners to build the agency of their dreams. And I'm here with my friend, Chelsea Craig from Rhino Reviews. Chelsea, how are you today? I'm doing well. Super excited to talk with you today. Likewise. Um, scheduling snafus, we're finally here. So thank you for making the time. So tell me the journey, Rhino Reviews, how'd you get here? What's it all about? Um, give me the kind of the bio on you. Yeah. Um, so I was born on March 25th, 1991. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. um, so right now, I'm actually really excited. Um, I just realized with you asking me that, that next month um, we celebrate our four-year anniversary. So super excited. Thank you. Awesome. It's been, that sounds so short and simultaneously so long. Um, mm -hmm. When I started the company, uh, so what Rhino Reviews does, uh, the name is a little bit of a teaser. We work with companies with their online reputation um, with the specific focus of reviews. So reputation management, like it means a lot of different things to different people. Um, for us, it's uh, review focus, both customer and employer, understanding that it's the full like kind of online brand and conversation that's happening um, and helping businesses go from a place of reactivity where they're more just like, reacting if and when something is posted to coming up with a proactive strategy and, and really owning their online presence. I didn't invent uh, the importance of online reviews. I wish I came up with Google reviews, um, <laughs> but you know, it was out there. There's a lot of companies kind of that provide just a software for you to do it, such as like BirdEye, Gradus, Reputation Trackers. Um, those are a lot of the like competitors, quote unquote, that we go up against in the space. And mm -hmm. I started the company four years ago, really just modeling it after their software, thinking there was an opportunity. It was a big space. It was a growing need. Um, what we ended up finding was of our clients that were purchasing the software for the business because they knew online reviews mattered within three months, weren't using the software correctly. So that was a red flag. Yeah, they, they knew it was important, but their business owners or their, you know, they were agency owners running it for their clients. And for, the, for the, their teams, their hours were better spent on SEO or blog content or you know web development. And for the actual businesses, they're running the business. They don't have time or want another software to log into. Um, so that was kind of our, our big pivot. Um, about six months in, we realized that was a misalignment. We didn't understand our customer base and their true need. And we launched a managed completely done for you service. So we don't only sell you the software and the tools of BirdEye, we're selling you the actual human capital. We view ourselves as an employee of those, you know, of our clients um, and work with them to uh, kind of own that reputation and review strategy. Um, and four years later, here we are, we've added a couple one-off services um, and hopefully I look forward to celebrating here five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Awesome. Yeah, I love it. And, uh, and I share that excitement for you. So the importance of online reviews, I mean, maybe it's not so obvious, but so SEO is impacted by Google reviews, Yelp reviews. I know iOS pulls in from certain tools to leverage their uh, map results. You know, the importance of online reviews covers the board, right? You mentioned businesses, employers, are there different industries, B2B, B2C, where it's like, doesn't even matter or others where it's the most important thing or you know, yeah. where's the relevance? That's a phenomenal question. And another learning when I was growing the business, I thought 
okay, this is the perfect solution for businesses with poor online reviews. Let me go, you know, we're going to talk to them. That's who we're going to outreach to. That's going to be our sales strategy. What we ended up hearing from a lot of those businesses was kind of what you just alluded to. Oh, reviews don't matter for our industry, or we've been in business for 20 years. Like, yeah, I have a bad reputation. It clearly doesn't matter. <laughs> and yeah, what we found was businesses with very poor online reputations, unfortunately, probably don't care. And you know, I don't say it to them, but when they say we've been in 20 year business for 20 years, my gut reaction is that's fine, but do you want to be in business for the next 20 years? Because you have to be online. Those bit, you know, not every customer understands the, the importance, so it's fine. So what we ended up really realizing is it was the businesses with good online reviews or that were, you know, doing 50% of the strategy. Maybe they were responding to the reviews, but they're not doing anything to grow because all they know is negative. So they're scared to ask because right. they think that's all they'll get. Um, when it comes to industries where it matters more than others, again, really due to COVID, um, everything is digital. Your Google search is kind of like your new business card. And though they might not be scrolling through every review on every platform, when they see your, your that first page search result that pops up, they're making a decision in seconds subconsciously, whether they're going to click that website or click to call you or not. And these reviews and those stars are factoring it. From an SEO standpoint, one of my favorite buzz facts, everyone obviously knows um, the importance of SEO for businesses and the importance of B2C standpoint, local search. Like everyone's always, how do we get in that free pack? How do we get there? Because that's huge. Your online reviews are actually the third largest contributor to that local search result. And it's the one category that consistently over the past, I think it was four or five years, Google has given more weight to. More weight, yeah. Yeah, because it's saying like this, customers value this, they're using this, and, and Google wants people to provide information that's relevant for customers and businesses. So we spend so much time, strategies and plans to help SEO. And, and this is such a quick win that, you know, provides results in so many different ways. Um, important for all, but local is. Yeah, you know, local is imperative. We definitely saw yeah. a shift during COVID. So how does Google, and I know they used to kind of red flag and penalize people. So you're in an automation game, right? You're not a, we're going to fill out a postcard for you when you come out of the pizza shop, every, every customer. How does Google play with automation and businesses that are trying to get these reviews and, you know, how does it affect their listings? Yeah. So Google is actually very friendly though we do have challenges with them like every other platform, I do feel that they're one of the platforms that does try to do right by both the business and the consumer as best as possible. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason I say that, like Yelp, for example, Yelp has to be a completely organic review. So a lot of businesses say, I have you know 35-star reviews, but they're flagged under this not recommended, and they're real reviews. I'm not saying they're not, but Yelp views anyone that is sent a link or clicks a link from your website, anyone that essentially doesn't literally go to Yelp, type in your business name and write that review right. as like a gated review. So that's a really frustrating platform for anyone to deal with. Consumers don't yeah. like it. Businesses don't like it. And there's a reason. Well, it's, it's also, and, and I hate to interject, but it's also oh. the, the, the history with Yelp has always been, it's pay to play. And if you want a top listing, you've got to advertise on Yelp. So it's kind of contradictory because now they're saying, well, you can't ask people for a review, but we're asking you to pay us. And they'll say that the algorithm filters the reviews out. But then typically we found that if you start sponsoring them, these reviews make it yeah. out of the algorithm. Um, yeah. It's yeah. yeah. So I and not to bad math, Yelp, listen, if Yelp wants to sponsor my yep. podcast, cool. 
uh, <laughs> um, but but it's frustrating for business owners slash it's frustrating for marketers like yourself that are trying to help their customers get top reviews where, right? And so I guess we can get into how, how does your tool and how do tools like yours work is let's ask you to leave a review because consumers, they're only inclined to leave a review. We know this when they're upset, when the food was cold, when the order was bad and service has been trashed for years because God help these businesses can't find work. Yeah. So negative reviews are probably, correct me if I'm wrong, on the rise. How do how are businesses supposed to get positive reviews if the tools say no you can't ask for it? And that's where fortunately, um, so like Google doesn't typically have that issue. So Google is very pro on you know ask for reviews. In fact, they provide a lot of tools to help businesses on their own ask for these reviews. So I'm going to call it Google Business Profile. So in your Google Business Profile, Google actually has quite a few tools for you to be able to ask for reviews. They have a link that you can, um, like a custom coded link. There's actually a Google um, business marketing, kind of like a subdomain off of that. And in there, it has pre-generated QR codes for you to be able to send out to customers or print out and put places. So the whole point of, of that is they are trying to provide tools because they understand that reviews are valuable and keep customers on their platform so that they get it. Um, they get it. Uh, because of that, our system is very friendly. You know, We're not filtered out from that it works very effectively if you just come up with a consistent strategy. Typically, Google's really great with that. What did happen is still, so there was quote unquote this bug. They said they're aware of it. They do not know what's going on and there have been no updates with fixing it. What um, is happening is that Google is very aggressive with their AI in scrolling through reviews constantly. So sometimes people will, will reach out and say, hey, I have a review from two and a half years ago that just got taken down because their AI is constantly going, it's constantly approving. And so they're, they're removing reviews. I'll call it like an over-aggressive robot. And they've been pulling down tons of reviews. And at the same time, they've been blocking reviews from being posted. And that's really what drew the attention more is businesses that were averaging 10 or 20 reviews a week drop down to two or three with no change in strategy, no change in customer volume. So clearly something's wrong. Right. Um, we've been uh, tracking that. There are like ways to go about it. You, it's unfortunate that you have to ask the customer to like screenshot that the, their review, send that to you and appeal it to Google. That aside, you know, I'm happy to talk with anyone if they have questions and want to learn how they can try and get those reviews back. But what I wanted to bring up from that is to try and understand what's been going on, some, some larger scale marketing companies, uh, Sterling Sky, local university, have done studies on the reviews that are missing and how they were generated. What they found was it's either 60 or 70% of the reviews came from the link within the Google My Business profile, Google Business profile, who did exactly what Google told them to do, who used their self-generated link and sent that to customers. 11 or 13% of the reviews that had been filtered away came from a third-party platform such as Rhino Review Software. But it was actually a, a very interesting study in the results showing that, you know, yes, using a third-party platform isn't being punished in any way and actually is giving better results than using the actual like internal system itself. Um, more to come on that. Hopefully it's figured out quickly, but. Um, yeah, and, and we'll give you that 2% two, 2 variance with the morning math. Yeah, Don't worry about I'll, that. I'll, I'll give you the notes for after the call to give you the notes. <laughs> um, so, so in the strategies that you work with clients on and recommendations that you make, where do you land on replying from a business standpoint to positive and negative reviews? Yes. 
Um, reply to sure, everything. Okay. Always, always reply. Um, timeliness matters. Everything is time stamped within 20. So for our clients, we do everything within 24 hours. Um, it really matters both from an SEO, from a platform standpoint, as well as a customer impression standpoint. Um, keep it short, keep it sweet. You don't, you know, those funny review bashing things on Reddit are funny to read, but that's not the viral that you want right. your business to have. You're always wrong as the business. I, it sucks because I always, I know there's two sides to every story, but you're never viewed in a positive light. Google right. is not the place to go back and forth. Um, but yes, always respond positive and yeah. negative. So the, so the strategy that, you know, the uh, previous agency I was at, we would take was that review. You're not going to change the mind of that customer. If they're that upset, they're not coming back for more French toast. Like they're done. They're, <laughs> they're going down the block next time. But that yeah. review is for the next customer and the way that you Absolutely. handle it and the way that you respond and try and correct it and manage, manage that reputation is for the next customer, the person that's doing the Google review or Google search and saying best, rep, you know, best French toast in King of Prussia and your place pops up and it's like, oh, well, they handled that really well. I'll give them a shot. Yeah. More or less. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. They're basically when customers are reading reviews, most people filter to negative because they want to see if something goes wrong with my experience, how are they going to handle it? And, and it, everything you just said is dead on. I have another, uh, there's another um, a, a colleague that I talk with. Um, his name's Jay Miller of Kyber uh, Digital. And he always tries to coach his clients on, you should also never be surprised of a negative review. So if we're getting reviews, when we get negative reviews with his clients, we reach out and he first says, did you know of anything that went wrong this past week that might've caused a negative review? And he really works with them to put systems in place. So they're not having that miss during service right. and check-ins with their customers so that when we get one, they're like, oh yeah, that was Joe. Right. Because that, that's another indicator. Like you shouldn't, you've got a pulse on your customers. Like these reviews shouldn't be a surprise. Well, not only shouldn't they be a surprise if you've got some self-awareness on your systems and, and how things are working, but they should lead you to fixing those things. And so I've worked with clients in the past where we're getting all these reviews and, and positive and negative. We're asking for it. They've never asked for it in the past. Well, let's let's do some work and fix these things so that you can then improve reviews. And yeah, so it should lead to some uh, internal fixes on processes and systems and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. One of my favorites, so we do monthly reporting for our clients and one of my favorite slides are the last two. And we always start, you know, do the hamburger style. We start with, hey, here's all the positive reviews. These are the positive trends we're seeing. Shout out to your sales team, shout out to, you know, at everything that was going well. But then it's also the negative themes. And we pick what are the top three themes that we're hearing from reviews. And it's a big red flag for us if three months in a row, we have the yeah. same three themes. Um, you know, obviously some things were out of out of hands, especially during COVID, like shipping times were awful consistently. And we yep. knew that was going to continue. Um, but if there's opportunities to address and fix, it can be hard to hear, but that's great information. Yeah. yeah. So you can basically take those reports monthly or quarterly and turn them into a full SWOT analysis, shifting to the, the mindset of an agency, digital marketers these days, how can they integrate or, you know, sell review systems or services to their clients? Like what should they be thinking about? For their clients' best interest, both B2B and B2C. We, so we work with a lot of agency partners um, as kind of like an additional service and, and an add-on for their clients. A lot of agencies either find that it falls onto their lap or that there's just some kind of like, oh, our CRM has the ability to send review requests. And I would caution the agencies, like do a, a tiny dig, a, a tiny search, like, okay, is that client actually 
either sending those review requests or are they emailing the reviews to you for you to respond to each month and then it's taking that time but honestly it, it typically also just starts with a google search um so we we recommend like when you're either doing that the monthly call um if you do like monthly or quarterly reviews with your clients pulling up a Google search, seeing how many reviews they have and just asking them like, Hey, I see you've got five reviews. You don't have a new one in the past three months. Like, is this something you might want to explore? Do you think this could help? Or like, what's going on here? And the responses, those are like, you guys are writing playbooks or is it all scripted and automated through bots and AI, or is it manually Susan's logging in and saying, Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, that's a fabulous question. And and one thing that we really pride ourselves on um, providing for our clients, everything we do is completely personalized to you. You need a live person reading these review responses, understanding what's going on um, and responding in the voice of the business. And what I mean by that is, so I'm in Philadelphia, for example, we're going to respond with like seven exclamation points and, oh my goodness, thank you so much for those clients. And then our South Philly, it's it's a very different response. Also, when we talk about these opportunities and trends, like that's the best way you get things live. Sometimes a negative review with content, like that has something that needs to be addressed today versus right. other ones where if it's complaining about shipping times, okay, that's a theme for the end of the month. Long answer to your short question is we are personally typing everything out. Um, we're all US, you know, and my, my team and I are all female US based. Um, and yeah, you're, you know, someone's literally going in, responding to the review and then contacting our point of contact at the, at the client to understand who do we share this with? Are there other right. steps that need to happen? Yeah. Um, we're also Google business product experts. So the negative ones, we're working to try and get down if we can. <laughs> yeah. I, I got to say some of the brands that are using bots, it's pretty funny when, whether it's a review or it's, you know, an FAQ or even on their websites. I mean, you mentioned the Reddit you know, threads. Some of it is just hilarious. It almost makes you think like, don't these brands realize what they're doing? Why are they not utilizing actual people and it's money and whatever it's maybe trendy. I don't know, but Talk about, um, I want to talk about uh, employee reviews and how right now the marketplace is ridiculous to hire talent on any level in any industry. My son just started working at Panda Express, which is a Chinese food. Love that. Orange chicken all day. Yeah. They can't find people all the way up to, you know, global agencies can't find junior bench talent, mid-level talent. Like how can employers use reviews to better attract talent? Yeah, so that's actually been our newest service. We added it in 2020. Um, again, I have a rule of three. So if three clients ask for something, we've got to figure out a way to add it as a as a service because if three people organically want it, there's a need out there. So hiring from from is impossible across the board. What we ended up finding is a lot of businesses were saying, hey, we're spending all of this on Indeed. We're spending all of this on Glassdoor. I mean, sponsoring Indeed is like 30 grand a year. Like it's not small investments. And we're not getting any hires. What's going on? Same thing as we say, Google your customers. Have you looked at your profile? Like you're spending all of this money. You're pulling them with an ad. They come to your profile and it's 1.5 stars and 30 some reviews. I'm going to be bold and say 80% of the clients that we work with from an employer branding perspective, don't even have their pages claimed. We'll say, oh, you know, can you add us to your Glassdoor? But we don't have Glassdoor. No, you do. It's right here. Because whether or not you create it, if someone leaves your review, Glassdoor creates it. I mean, our biggest, biggest, I mean, most simple step, number one, claim your page so you're aware if and when something happens. Make your page, treat, treat your Glassdoor and Indeed like a social profile. The logo should match. The banner should match. Put photo updates. Show your culture. Like, Again, it's your online business card. You're spending people to come to these ads. 
no one's going to blindly apply to your job. They're going to go to your page first and then apply. And if they are blind, blindly applying, you don't want that person because they're just resume right. clicking. Also, same thing as within the Google reviews, you know, going in, there's probably a large opportunity with the reviews that you have posted to kind of report them for some type of policy violation. Uh, disgruntled employees tend to say really mean things that aren't allowed to be said <laughs> online. Um, and say, lastly, uh, you know, responding to the reviews. Same, you know, yeah. if I'm an employee and I'm looking at possibly working somewhere, um, I want to see how they respond to it. Do they take ownership? Do they, you know, uh, all of the above. Um, but yeah, employer branding online, it's, it's huge. Yeah. Awesome. No, I love that. Uh, I've personally had experiences in the past where I had a job, you know, I remember my girlfriend saying, didn't you read these glass door reviews? And I was like, no, I, I don't think I ever did. And had I, I probably would not have taken the job. So yeah, brands need to take control of that process. The, the employer reviews, their pages, their culture, all that. Love it. All right. So I want to hit you with a couple of quick non-rhino review or, you know, business review, uh, quick fire questions. So much better the with crazy? the review questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, this this will throw you off, but I, I think it'll be fun. So what's the craziest thing you and or your family did during pandemic lockdown? Oh, gosh. Um, so uh, my fiance, Sam, and I, we had like a moment of, I'll call it a COVID break, which I think a lot of us probably went through. And we yeah. just decided we had to get out of the house and didn't care what it was. Um, so we ended up um, booking, finding, okay, what's a trip that we can take? where you're outside the whole time. So it's safe and all of that. We ended up deciding to go on a week long rafting trip, but the only way to book it because it was COVID was to book the entire trip for 12 people. And it was just the two of us. So we met. Oh, that's amazing. And, and the only availability was in six days. If anyone wants to join, you know, their wives didn't come just them. So we had this hodgepodge of people, but it ended up being a blast. That's amazing. Like On any time, pandemic or not, a six-day rafting trip is uh, epic. So good for you. Yeah. Thank you. What's what's a book or a podcast uh, that you're really into these days? Book that really resonated with me and I found myself pulling on a lot. Um, it's, I believe it's called Think Like a Runner or Runner's Mindset. I'll get that exact one for you. But it's, an about, it's kind of a biography of an Olympic runner and how her training won everything in college, won everything in the Olympics from a sprinting standpoint, had decided she had won all those awards. The only thing left to do now is to become a marathon runner and, and then do an ultra and basically like tackle all of these extreme challenges, you know, releasing negative, bringing in positive and I just found it super powerful to think like, hey, you know, skills and ability are one thing, but it's so much in your own head. Um, and as a solopreneur, uh, it can be a lot in my own head. So yeah. it's been it's been helpful to to kind of have that to reference. Oh, I like that. I, I want to check that out. Um, but that leads into my final question. So, what's something that you do every day that leads you to success that you can't that you can't omit from your your process or your routine? Um, Suhaiba Neal of um, John Neal Painting is her one company and she also has a, a small business kind of like coaching program. Her and I are, are you know, uh, I would say almost like accountability partners with a lot of things. And she came up with this, uh, it's a planner and I've got it right behind me. And it's every day broken down kind of by segments. It's like, what are your must do's? What are your like could do's? What are your, if you have time? And then it also includes like, what are personal things? Um, every single day. And I have the one from the days before to make sure I'm carrying over anything that didn't get done. Um, but that just helps keep me focused on like, what are the actually important things to do each day? Love that. Awesome. Very cool. 
Well, Chelsea, I'm grateful for your time. Uh, thank you so much for your experience and, and your wisdom and congratulations on four years with Rhino Reviews. We'll have to get you back to celebrate year five when you hit that. So uh, thank you again, appreciate you. Of course, this was great. Thank you for having me on. My pleasure. Thanks again for tuning in to Bite-Sized Agency Briefs. As always, if you found value in this episode, chances are someone else will too. So please share it with your network. Also, if you know someone with expert knowledge on a topic that agency owners would love, drop me a note. Let's get them on. Finally, find someone to hug today.